You're listening to the CLE Foodcast with Lisa Sands, the place for delicious conversation on local food and the people who grow, cook, and share it. Here's Lisa. Thank you, Bill. So if you are like most people, you've got a pantry full of old spices right now, like really old spices. I know I do. There is so much to know about herbs, spices, and seasonings. And my guest, Ramat Wiley of Adun Spice Company, is going to help us out today. But first, let's talk about vegetables. You know, the perfect canvas for all the new spices that you're going to want to get. Sponsoring today's episode is Perfectly Imperfect Produce. It doesn't feel like it quite yet, but spring is here. And with the arrival of warm weather, we all want to spend less time in the kitchen. Perfectly Imperfect Produce rescues fruit and vegetables that aren't quite perfect. Things that are still 100% edible and perfect enough to the naked eye and boxes them up for fast home delivery. I love the diced and easy a la carte prepped produce. This week, I got a box full of ingredients ready for me to drop into my meal plan. Things like fajita veggies, crinkle cut potato fries, cubed butternut squash and mango salsa. I know what's coming up and I plan around it. This weekend, I'll be making salmon with mango salsa and my homemade tortilla soup. If saving time sounds like a good idea to you, use my special code, CLE Foodcast, to save 20% off your first purchase. You can use it on boxes of produce, prepared recipe kits, or the diced and easy items. Just visit perfectlyimperfectproduce.com and get started with your easy, convenient deliveries and make delicious meals with about half the work. I visited Ramat Wiley at her new Adun Spice Company store at the Van Aken District Market Hall, and we talked about her interest in flavors, the way she combines herbs and spices to create custom blends, and we hear about some common mistakes people make when it comes to buying, storing, and using spices. I hope you feel confident about trying some new things after you listen. Hello, Ramat. How are you today? I'm well, Lisa. How are you? Good. I'm really good. I'm so happy to be sitting here in the middle of your beautiful store at the Van Aken Market District shops. You've had a very busy start to 2022. You have. I know you have. (laughs) Opening a shop after operating your spice business online for quite some time. I... I'm guessing that you're really enjoying finally interacting and meeting up with customers directly. I am. And, um, you know, I get really surprised when I see people that I've seen online. I'm trying to come out of my shell a bit more, so it really uh, boosts my mood (laughs) to see them and be in this shop. I bet. Well, this is a shop that is very much based on, I think, the senses. Would you say that? Oh, definitely. Did you design it that way? I did. These are all things that I enjoy at home. So uh, a lot of things that you see here, you will see in my personal space as well. What are people experiencing when they come in the store? So they're experiencing things that I love, um, things that are truly a part of me. So you'll See beautiful plants, cookbooks, things that inspire you to, you know, try different dishes. Yeah, and me. <laughs> I know. Well, no, and, and, and what's funny is I'm sitting here with Ramon. She's looking around her shop, and it's just, I just, I can't keep my eyes off things here as well. And we'll put some photos up on the uh, CLE Foodcast Instagram. I've 
I've just enjoyed being here. I've been here a couple of times, and we'll talk about that later. Let's start by talking about the name of your company. Tell me about that. So Adun means flavor and sweetness in Yoruba, which is my father's native language. Uh, he is from Nigeria mm-hmm. and also named me. Ah. And my whole first name is Ramatula, Ooh. which means the mercy of God. Oh, that's beautiful. Is your dad here with you in the States? He's here with me in my heart. Uh, uh, both of my parents have since passed on. So uh, the name of the business is kind of a tribute to them. I know, like many, it, people pronounce it wrong all the time, probably. Aiden <laughs> ate, ate a lot of different things. It's all right. I did it, too, at first. And then... Um, <laughs> It was uh, Shonda Moy who uh-huh. said, you know, it's a done, right? And I was like, oh, now I do. Thanks, Shonda. <laughs> so trace back for me how you got interested in spices and flavorings and seasonings. I've been cooking all of my life. Um, so <laughs> spices, I think, are just something that are traditional in African-American culture. I think that there's something that we tend to hold on to to create different dishes and different flavors. Spices are whole foods. And the question I've been getting a lot is, why spices? Spices allow me to, you know, explore different countries, different cultures, and see how I may use or another, uh, another person may use a spice as opposed to someone in another country mm-hmm. using it the exact same way or differently. Mm-hmm. Well, and throughout Africa, Perhaps you can share this. Each country has got some different flavor profiles, but I think those of us who are unfamiliar, we tend to sort of categorize it all as one place. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine it's very diverse within that whole country. Oh, definitely. Or I should say within that whole whole continent. continent. Yeah. Yeah. You find different flavors from East Africa to West Africa, South Africa, um, the Mediterranean. But we all kind of gravitate to some of the same things. We just call them different names. Mm. (laughs) That's interesting. Can you give me an example of that? So uh, my favorite right now is uh, cumin, which Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite, Mm -hmm. favorite spices of all time. I have Um, to say, I associate it with Latino or Hispanic cooking because that's how I use it. Right. But I bet you you do lots of other things with it. And it's used a lot in uh, Indian cuisine and West Indian cuisine. And so during the pandemic, I had opportunity to study a lot of West Indian cuisine and, you know, try to dive in and cook all these different dishes. But they actually call cumin uh, jira or gira. Ah, which, I've seen and that they, word. And they toast it. So it's called jira. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool word. I really love that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. That is not something I, I knew for sure. Um, is there another example of a spice that perhaps uh, has a different name uh, depending on the region that you can think of? Um, Yeah. So going along with West Indian cuisine, I'm actually thinking of um, green seasoning, which is also sofrito, which is also just, you know, kind of like mirepoix. Like it's the same thing. We all have a different name for it but we and we kind of use it in the same way Mm -hmm. well (laughs) I guess we're all a product of our own upbringing and experience which is one of the things I think is interesting about the shop and the knowledge that you have because really you know I want (laughs) to talk for a minute about let's grocery store spices right (laughs) Um, so we all know that is a very large section of a grocery store there's you know 
the name brands, there's off brands. Mm -hmm. When you go to, say, uh, a discount store like a Marks, there's even other brands. Tell me, in your professional opinion, um, (laughs) what those spices are probably really like. Uh, in my professional opinion, I, I'd i say that there are some good brands on the grocery store shelves, um, and you will pay for them. Like, they're not cheap. Mm, okay. And then there are the cheaper brands, the ones that, I mean, the everyday person can, you know, probably afford. Right. And I get it, but they're probably filled with a lot of fillers. I've even seen cornmeal be placed in, mm. you know, a spice blend just to, you know, beef, beef it up a little bit. Right. But, um, yeah, all the artificial things to keep it shelf stable for a very, very long period of time. Even though those sections of the grocery store are big, um, they I don't think they get the most turnover. Right. So they sit mm-hmm. and they're constantly under light. They sat in a warehouse for a long period of time before mm-hmm. they got to you. Yeah. No comparison, really. If you can make a better choice, If I you guess. can make a better choice and if you can afford to make a better choice, I say do. Mm-hmm. I think your local spice shops will be your best option to do that and also help you discover different things. Mm-hmm. Well, spices are, let's say, they're a more expensive item mm-hmm. when you buy them in the format which you sell them, Absolutely. I would say. Um, and that's, I'm guessing, because a lot of those elements have made quite a journey. I mean, they're not really right. grown. There are things that are grown here, parsley, whatever. But some of the more, I want to use the word, and I, I, I think it's a word that's a little bit questionable now, but I want to say some of the more exotic spices. And I want to say that knowing that to some people, the spices that are exotic to me are not exotic to them. Um, but there are spices like even whole coriander, mm-hmm. uh, which is just not something that I really fully understand to use. Although I did buy some when mm-hmm. I was here last time, I want to experiment with it. That's probably come from overseas, right? Uh, The one that I carry does come from overseas, but it absolutely can be grown here. Mm. Um, But because I have to keep a certain standard of what I keep in the store, I can't just buy and put in my shop. Mm -hmm. I have to make sure things are tested properly, Mm -hmm. where they come from, the ground, the soil, just in the process. Everything is done properly, and Mm -hmm. that's why I work with certain traders Mm. who make sure that that is done but I definitely say if you can grow coriander which is cilantro right it's just right the seed um if you can grow cilantro and save your own seeds for coriander in the off months I say go for it Mm, okay but yeah I would say spices that are indigenous to other countries that are brought here yes Mm -hmm. It does take some time, and you should definitely be concerned in how farmers are paid in other countries to bring you good food. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're going to pay a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> in so, a well, spice so shop. your sourcing is very particular. It's the result of research that you've done, yes. and you feel very good about using, you know, fair trade. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. That is something I've always done as a chef or a cook. Mm -hmm. Um, And why would I not, you know, Mm -hmm. do that in in my business now as as a spice purveyor (laughs) of sorts? No, I think it's an important (laughs) thing for people to understand. How did you personally get interested in spices and flavorings? Um, Was it part of your uh, upbringing, your mom and dad at your house, you know, just what you prepared? Um, Was it the way they connected you to your heritage? Just tell me that story a little bit. So I actually grew up um, with a single mom. My parents divorced when I was very young Mm -hmm. because they were very young when they Mm -hmm. got married. 
but in love to the day they both pass. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of time in the kitchen with my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and my mother wow. um, cooking. And it was always spices that just boosted that meal. Um, and then that grew as I went to culinary school. Um, and even before culinary school as a dispatcher, I would cook lunch every week and bring it in. And I mean, I guess that's kind of where it just mm. started to blossom, which caused me to go to culinary school. Mm -hmm. I forgot, uh, we, <laughs> you told me in our first phone call that you were a dispatcher. What a difference in lifestyle. Did you get to a point where maybe you burned out and then you decided to pursue something that was more in line with your passions? Yeah, I did. I will. I'd say my husband noticed that I was unhappy. He, he felt that I was very stressed in my job, and I was. Don't get me wrong, I loved my career uh, as a 911 dispatcher for six years, um, serving the community, and I felt that it was time to move on, and attending culinary school helped me discover my passion, and now I feel like my spice shop has allowed me to bring these two passions together, which is, you know, being a part of the community, serving the community, and sharing my passion for food. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and let's talk about the fact that you have built in some uh, ways to give back. You, a personal mission, you have a personal interest in helping other people. How are you doing that through Adun? When I started the business, I decided that I had to, in some way, make sure that I give back. And I felt that the things that my mom used to do, uh, being a social worker in East Cleveland, that I needed to, you know, somehow make sure that I pay homage to that and my roots. Mm -hmm. So we give back to, uh, during the pandemic, we, I noticed that there were a lot of organizations popping up and making sure that everybody else was okay. Yeah. And I said, that's beautiful. I want to be a part of that in some way. Mm -hmm. And as I felt that as I grew my business, I wouldn't be able to fully dive in, but I can take a bit of what I make and give it back to the community. Mm -hmm. So say all that to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, that was important. We give back a portion of our proceeds to organizations that are feeding the people that, that are doing the work, as I call it. Mm -hmm. um, they are making sure people in the city of Cleveland are fed. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that I can give them a little boost to help mm -hmm. them get through that. So like our last donation went to the Cory Community Center mm. by way of Yellow House Cheese. Oh, right. Who provides uh, Cory Community Center in Glenville with fresh produce and meats. Yes, they do. So uh, we donated some money to them to help them continue to feed the community good mm -hmm. local food. Oh my gosh, I'm talking to Yellow House, Kristen and Kevin next week. That's something that's really been fun as I, we're, this is this will be episode 41. So many of the people I have talked to know each other, mm -hmm. network with each, each other, other and support each other. Yeah. It's fantastic to see and I get really um, geeked out about it. That's what well, keeps us all going. It does. Well, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. I think everyone had to, we all had to make tough choices because, you know, in a lot of cases, our incomes were very different. We weren't able to get out as much. And I think we all found different pockets of our community to support. Yeah. 
um, whether that was shopping some local vendors and, and partners so that they kept going mm-hmm. or, you know, some people... I cook, so I, I wanted to order food from as many small local Same. You know, companies Same. as I could. Yeah. Um, other people, you know, made it a point to order takeout from restaurants that they love. So mm-hmm. we all we all helped where we could. But you're right, Ramont, the last two years really illuminated the need in the community where there was a lack of safeguards. Right. So we I can't hear- count on just the government. Yeah. Local government, national, whatever. Mm-hmm. We have to out, get out there and do the work. Too. Yeah. Well, we saw a lot of that for sure. So let's talk about some of the things that you carry in the store. And um, we're sitting here. We have our hand mics so we can look around. <laughs> and there's such an array of colors. And for people that haven't been here, um, it's really easy to get to. It's not far off of 271. It's at the Market Hall at the Van Aken District. You've got, you know, a salt section, spices and herbs. A whole section devoted to chili peppers and things that are, I would like to say, hot and spicy. I see some, uh, although I've never used it, harissa? Harissa. Harissa. Um, And then you've got your blends, which I own two of them. I own the citrus garlic, which, boy, do I put that on everything, (laughs) everything, and your uh, herbs de Provence. Mm -hmm. So um, as you kind of look around the store, um, what's the method to your madness here? How, How did you approach organizing a store so that people could come in and let's say if they knew what they wanted first of all it's very easy to find but if you are newer to this kind of spice uh, let's call it a fresher blended higher quality element closer to the earth perhaps how do you help people choose how do you educate I ask them what what they like Mm -hmm. to cook um, and try to see if they are open to stepping outside of their comfort zone. And, I mean, you have to let the person decide, right? I'm not a salesman, so <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, give you something that you won't like. I just try to see, you know, where they are, how open they are to trying something different. And if not, I recommend some really great items that will surprise them, mm-hmm. honestly. Well, the blends are a great way to step into Absolutely. what you do. Yeah. Um, so tell me about a couple of the blends that really speak to people. Um, the, the ones that if I said to you, uh, what is something that you want everyone to try? What would you say? Um, well, I would say <laughs> they're, all your, they're all your special I, yeah. children. Um, the Greek blend, really. So Ooh. the Greek blend came randomly it's funny I was talking with uh, chef Brett Sawyer Mm -hmm. I was in the middle of making this blend and he texted me and was like I'm looking for a blend for some wings and I said oh I'm actually working on a blend oh wow (laughs) so I took it to him and we tested them on some wings over at Good Company and it was amazing Mm. I was like this is what I use on my chicken on my lamb adding some cumin, of course, Mm -hmm, mm. but it was wonderful. Um, That's one of my favorite blends because it's full of herbs. It has a warmth of the cinnamon and nutmeg. Wait, there's cinnamon and nutmeg in your Greek blend? Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. See, and that's that's what I think is so interesting about your store and spices in general. We limit ourselves by what we know. Yeah. If our mom used it a certain way then we use it a certain way. Mm-hmm. If she bought a certain brand, we buy that brand. I love Greek food and Greek blends and Greek vinaigrettes. Mm-hmm. I would not have thought about it in 
that there's some warmth to it. Yes, I would not have thought that. Well, and I don't think in a lot of Greek blends there are. I think what you're adding to it is is a little bit different. Is it? Is it not? No. No? Yeah. There's a little cinnamon in there. Um, I do a lot of um, what is it? Chicken sova sovlaki. Oh, souvlaki. Souvlaki. I can never say it. My apologies. That's well, you know. (laughs) But yes, I do a lot of that, and but I like heat. Well, let's talk about heat because okay. you've got this whole section dedicated <laughs> to heat. And um, I see Scotch Bonnet. I see, I mean, there's, y- y- walk me through some heat. Like I have red pepper at home. <laughs> I definitely have cumin at home. I definitely have, um, you know, some red curry, um, let's call it red curry paste, paste. that I keep in my uh-huh. fridge. And I just really, I am very new to the sriracha bandwagon. I don't know why, but now I do find that I like it on many, many things. That was my wedding gift. Sriracha? Yeah. Little sriracha keychains. Oh, my gosh. Well, that, of <laughs> so course it, of like course it is. Um, but tell me about the heat. What do people get wrong or what are they afraid of? <laughs> I think people are afraid of the burn. Um I think there's a certain way to use heat without making it overpowering to a dish, make mm. it a part, make just making it an element instead of just all you get is fire in your mm-hmm. mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say, especially with the fresh chilies and um, especially with the fresh chilies, yeah. you, a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. How do you... The fresh dried chilies, I How do you say. suggest people use, for instance, what is the... So there's a bag that says Scotch Bonnet, which scares me just looking at it, but like... Don't be scared. Right? Don't be scared of Scotch Don't Bonnet. Be well, I mean, I, the only thing I know about it is that it, you'll find it in some Jamaican, like, jerk. But that's really the extent of my knowledge of Scotch Bonnet. What do so, you use it for? <laughs> so, uh, Scotch Bonnet, I am actually learning is also has is a spice that has another name It's used a lot in west indian cuisine but in west african cuisine it is also called alligator pepper oh and it's toasted and ground so it's a dark it becomes darker um and a little bit more smoky Mm. but like i said a little bit goes a long way um (laughs) (laughs) noted because i just made some um trinidadian curry chicken And I forgot when I made my green seasoning, I had already put two scotch bonnets in it. Fresh scotch bonnets. Yes. And I put two more dry. Oh boy. It's it's delicious, but it's very hot. How do you how do you calm that down in your mouth? What's you your You don't. Oh. You just you just power through it. Let it ride. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. All right. And something else that I see in here, you've got Honey from the Akron Honey Company. You've got some selections of olive oil, vinegar, some some vanilla. Again, you've got some harissa. Some beans. Some beans. The best beans in the world. Tell me about your beans. <laughs> so our beans are Rancho Gordo. Um, and if you are a person who was online during the pandemic, you found out about Rancho Gordo beans, but yet you could not order any uh. <laughs> because they were sold out of their bean club membership or you had to pay six you had to spend sixty dollars online to get your shipment kind of of like king arthur flower (laughs) yeah oh yeah we went through a lot of flour too um but rancho gordo beans are from napa valley california um they are heirloom beans Mm -hmm. 
that are harvested once a year and they are very young dried beans, which means they won't take a lot of time to cook. And, and you can enjoy more beans more often. Oh, oh they cook a little faster than a traditional dried bean? They cook bean. a little faster. They get a little plumper. They're, they're very m- much more flavorful to me. Mm-hmm. If you have ever um, transitioned from a grocery store bean, just like spices, yeah. sit on the shelves for a very long time. They're until bland. Until well, the time of need. Or they're salty. Or the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, a lot a lot doesn't have to go into a pot of beans with Rancho Gordo beans, but simple foods, simple foods that make good meals. Um, those are the pantry items that yeah, I yeah. I was going to say like the foundational carry. items yeah. for meals. And you've also got uh, mortar and pestles, some gadgets, some shakers, grinders, all really essential tools if you're going to start using whole spices. You can't really just. Uh, bang them with a hammer. I mean, I guess you could. (laughs) Or the bottom of your um, lodge skillet will also suffice. I mean, use what you got. Pressing down real hard on them and crushing them. Using the bottom, that that edge. Oh, that makes sense. Browning black pepper. I never would have thought about that. Hey, that's what you got to do in the kitchen. (laughs) Yes. Well, right now the beautiful mortar and pestle that I bought when you opened is... um, I'm going to confess something. It's really just been a beautiful decorative item, but I <laughs> was waiting until after this interview, so I'm going to I'm going to make myself use it and, and get do. going. I will. I will. Toast, toast your spices. Okay. Oh, tell me about that. So I did buy the whole coriander. Okay. So I could, should toast that. You should toast that in the skillet. Okay. Uh, medium low heat. Mm-hmm. Do not burn okay. your coriander seeds. Uh huh. But you know, roll them around. Yeah. And until they get a little they aromatic. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let them cool down a little bit, and then grind them up mm. to release those volatile oils okay so I don't need to put oil in with those spices right I can put no, them on my cast dry. iron and just dry okay yep. all right good to know that's a good tip for everyone what are some of the go-to things in your house that you're reaching for often mm. because and 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 this is also a way for you to help people when they come in maybe know a few things that they can ask for I would say okay clearly cumin garlic I do fresh garlic and dry garlic because garlic on garlic mm-hmm. is. I usually do in my dishes it. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, tarragon, I love the Mexican oregano for absolutely anything Latin. Um, if you don't already have the saison blend, but I put it in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you tell me the difference in uh, between, characteristics between the Mexican oregano and, and maybe Mediterranean? An Ita- yes. Uh, the Mexican oregano has more of a citrus, uh, citrusy flavor. Okay. Or, well, floral note. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think it's a bit brighter. I, well, I have both, and I have to tell you, I, um, I'll confess, mine are from Penzies. Uh-huh. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure I can discern that, and I have a feeling it's because now they're probably both a little old. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about. The mistakes that people make with spices, storage, and I I can tell you that probably 90% of what I currently own, I should get rid of. I probably, I really, really should. Okay. How long has it been in your cabinet? Well, I'm going to say I did buy a lot over the past couple of years. Um, So I probably, the majority of my spices are probably about a year old. Okay. So time to 
it's time. It's, it's time. It's time to check them and you know <laughs> <laughs> see what's not so fragrant. Mm-hmm. What's colors? You know, if any colors have changed. Okay. Um, I can't call them mistakes because there's so many different ways to keep your spices. How do you keep yours? I keep mine in a cabinet and actually on the side of my refrigerator. They're um, stuck to they they're magnetized. Oh me. I know what I know what you're talking yep. about. Mm-hmm. Um so I have those, but they are next to my stove, but I try to make sure that I use them up. That's the only That's mistake. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Use your spices. Mm-hmm. Don't hold on to them because they will go bad, just like everything else in the refrigerator. Um, use them daily, mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Share them. I think some of the mistakes is like keeping them on top of the stove where, you know, they're they're getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah, there was a time when people did that even with oils and things. You just yeah, can't do that. You can't yeah. do that. Um, don't keep them on your windowsill because that will bleach the color of them. So you'll lose all the color of your beautiful spices. Okay. Um, refrigerate your seeds if you can. Oh, really? Not refrigerate, freeze them. Um, oh. If you, if you don't think you'll use them in a timely fashion, I say freeze your sesame seeds. Oh, interesting. Okay. I know I've, got, nuts, some, I know I've got some old like sesame that. seeds. Okay. <laughs> No, I look, I just think that what I dream of is like just throwing everything away, (laughs) recycling the jars, of course, Mm -hmm. and starting new with things I actually use. Yeah. Uh, We all buy two or three things. Like I have this very old jar of cardamom. I think I baked something with it once. Mm -hmm. I love the smell of cardamom. I love it. I want to go into a bakery and someone has something. Levin's makes something that's a, they have like a cardamom croissant. It's so enjoyable, but I used it once and I've never used it again. And I, I probably just need to. Is it whole cardamom? No, it's ground. Uh-huh. It's probably time to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that could even be that could even be two years or more. Okay, time yeah, to go. Time I know to I'm go. embarrassed. I'm, this is like true confessions with Ramon <laughs> about spices. That's one of the reasons why I like blends. I'll be yeah. honest, because you know I cook a lot of, um, let's say, Mexican food. I cook a lot of Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. I would I cook a lot of let's call it I don't not French food by any means, but but that's where that herbs de Provence comes in yeah. handy. It sort of fits that type of cooking. Having those three blends really works for me because first off, you've done the heavy lifting of the blending, mm-hmm. and I know what's in those jars, and um, they're just ready for me to use. Right. And so I feel less wasteful about buying those. So I want to ask you a little bit about blending. Um, tell me your process. You, How did you come up with your, don't give away any trade secrets, but how did you come <laughs> up with your recipes for blends? Just um, trial and error with lots of practice. And are the measurements really precise? So the measurements are precise once I got the recipe the way that I wanted got it. Got it. But yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, but it's using flavors that I love and flavors that I want other people to discover. Mm-hmm. So it's as precise as, I guess, baking, making sure things are consistent. Um, yeah, but the proportions have to be right. Absolutely. So you measure in grams, as we should all be measuring. <laughs> I, I've, heard that. I've heard that. I've definitely heard that. And, um, oh, I don't really like to measure, so that's why baking never really works out uh-huh. for me. So I made a, a, a salad last week. I've been into citrus lately mm-hmm. uh, because we're all craving, you know, citrus. It's 
there's good citrus in the stores. I made a salad with butter lettuce, grapefruit, avocado, orange rounds, some fennel, some shaved fennel. And that citrus garlic is beautiful on it. Mm. it and I even used it on a tom- just a tomato avocado mix. Yeah. Also delicious. I wouldn't have thought the citrus and tomato, like it just initially I was like, I don't know. But I love it so much that I want to put it on everything. <laughs> um, and it was just so great to have that. The herbs de Provence, you know, I very rarely make a soup where that does not go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I actually have two right now at home. I have... Um, a, a French one from Jennifer Thornton without lavender, mm-hmm. and then I have yours, which has lavender. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them both, but I have to say I really love the addition of lavender in it. Note. Yeah, so I think lavender. it's really, really nice. Yeah. And lavender is something that when I think about it initially, I, I think of it in very much like a cosmetic way, uh-huh. like I want to smell like lavender. Right. But are there some spices uh, like or seasonings like a lavender that are maybe misunderstood? that people, you know, think are one thing, but actually have more versatility? Sorry, that's a big question. Yeah. (laughs) The important thing to know is that when you come to Adun in person, and your online store is closed right now, but eventually you'll be selling back online, right? Yes. Okay. So you want to come in. But here's the thing. You want to come in anyway, because um, first off, the cookbooks, the um, olive oil, all of the other things that we've been talking about, you're going to want to see in person and experience them. I mean, it's really a feast for the eyes. So when people come in, uh, let's give people an idea of, let's go to, I know this is going to be hard for you, but five essential spices that you have here that people should have in their pantry. If they're starting, if they want to do what I want to do, which is throw out everything and start from scratch, what are five things that people should have? And let's not count salt and pepper because good salt and pepper, I think, just are part of the deal. All right on my bag here. Oh, she's got a bag. Garlic, (laughs) cumin, thyme, chilies, and bay leaves. Yes. Okay. So do you know know Chef John Selleck? Yes. Uh, He and a friend of mine got in a little online back and forth about the value of bay leaves. She thought they were non-essential and not really, maybe like overrated or she, I don't want to say she thinks that they're non-essential. She just doesn't see the value in bay leaves. I will fight somebody about bay leaves. Well, so was John and he's a, you know, (laughs) chef. So tell me about, tell me, let's talk about bay leaves for a second. So like lavender, bay leaves add just a wonderful smell to everything and it I feel like bay leaves complete everything (laughs) so especially soups yeah beans well we all um, put a bay leaf in there because the recipe says so but I don't know if we really know why it's there trust Mm. me it's it's, in your chicken noodle soup yeah it's there wow I put it in mine exactly so do you know what it would taste like without it no because I always have bay leaves because I've been trained to always have bay leaves (laughs) I keep them fresh and dried, and the fresh ones actually freeze. A fresh bay leaf? Yeah. Is that, does it, is it feel like a basil leaf? Is it, is it? It's an actual, yeah. Fresh it's, leaf. It's oh. thicker than a, than a basil leaf. Okay. It's actually, <laughs> do you remember the whole Chipotle debacle? And people were saying, there's leaves in my... Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's an actual leaf. It is. So I okay. grew some oh. in my, um, in my herb garden um, during the pandemic, but... I typically buy them um, at the grocery store at the West Side Market, and I put them in the freezer. If I run out of dry, I have 
frozen fresh Baileys and they are tremendous flavor. Oh, fantastic. I am going to investigate that. That's really interesting to me. And you, you probably layer. You put some fresh and some dry in when you have the opportunity. No, I or? just put like multiple Baileys. Okay. You're, you're, in, you're in Camp Bayleaf. I, team Bayleaf all day, team Bayleaf. every day. Team Bayleaf. Amanda, I'm going to make sure you listen to this podcast. Um, well, I'll tell you what. We could talk about spices all day. And I guess in closing, let's revisit your love for what you do and for spices. What, what does this shop and the sort of embodiment of your passion into this beautiful place. What does it mean to you? This shop means comfort to me. Um, I want people to feel empowered when they walk in, overwhelmed in a good way. Um, I want them to be empowered to discover new things, different things that they've never tried before. And I want them to feel comfortable to ask questions. There's a lot of different things you can cook in the world, and I want everyone to take the opportunity to discover them. Um, I think that's how you broaden your horizon, your palate, um, your love of food is, you know, just discovering. And your appreciation for other people. Absolutely. I love it. Well, take a look at adunspiceco.com. That's where you can get introduced if you haven't been here and come to the Van Aken Market Hall, shop this beautiful store, come prepared. You're going to want everything, but it might help to have a list. But if you don't have a list, ask questions. Thank you so much. You know, I've wanted to talk to you for a while for my own personal interest in the topic of spices, but also just seeing you um, come out of the last couple of years and open this beautiful space. Um, I just wish you well. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Lisa. The CLE Foodcast is a project of Fork in the Road Productions, and my sound engineer is Bill Connors. This podcast is presented with support from Chef Douglas Katz and the Katz Group of Restaurants, Zug, Chimmy, and Amba. Stay up to date on all the things Doug is doing at ChefDouglasKatz.com. And I'm grateful for the support of Ohio Wines. Across the state, there are more than 350 wineries across five geographic wine-growing regions. As an Ohio Wines Ambassador, I want to tell you the easiest way to get information on Ohio's vines and wines. That's findohiowines.com. There, you'll find a listing of Ohio's wineries, a history of grape growing, the economic impact of the grape industry, and all kinds of other information to help you learn more about this growing industry. Become an Ohio Wines VIP and earn rewards just by visiting Ohio wineries. Visit findohiowines.com and make plans to enjoy Ohio wines in every season. Have an awesome week, everyone. Stay hungry, be kind, and always, always set a bigger table.